Congress appears pumped to fight climate change. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. News broke last week that we passed a grim milestone. There's now more CO2 in the atmosphere than at any time in at least 4 million years. The amount of carbon reached nearly 421 parts per million because of power plants, transportation, farming practices, and a less talked about source, buildings. Maintaining indoor spaces from furnaces and air conditioners to hot water heaters relies heavily on fossil fuels and produces roughly one-fifth of total global greenhouse gas emissions. While we can do things to make buildings more efficient with light bulbs or energy-saving appliances, one crucial way to decarbonize is to go all-electric. To that end, two bills have been introduced in Congress to transition to clean energy solutions and to promote heat pumps. Despite the name, heat pumps can both cool a building in the summer and warm it in winter. They operate like a refrigerator, which pumps warm air out to keep food fresh. Only heat pumps go both ways and suck warm air in to heat a room. One of the bills creates a rebate system for heating and cooling distributors to promote electric systems. The other provides tax credits for manufacturers to produce efficient heat pumps that consumers can afford. Heat pumps would save consumers money on energy bills because they're up to four times more efficient than conventional equipment. So, as the planet warms and demand for air conditioning rises, pumping up the adoption of heat pumps will reduce greenhouse gas emissions and be central to combating the climate crisis. Scientists have discovered the largest living organism on Earth, and it's ancient, maybe 4,500 years old. It's a seagrass plant off Western Australia that extends 110 miles, about the distance from Los Angeles to San Diego. What's remarkable is that it's one plant that has been cloning itself by creating new shoots off its root system. The expanse of the seagrass is much larger than the Pando Aspen Grove in Utah, which consists of 40,000 trees all connected by their roots and was, up until now, thought to be the biggest known living organism. The seagrass can survive wide temperature ranges from 17 to 30 degrees Celsius and in seawater that has twice the normal salt content. The team found the plant exists in both darkness and extreme light, yet keeps on going. But while the seagrass plant has been resilient, in the last decade it's shrunk by about seven square miles because of cyclones and rising temperatures from climate change. Home improvement stores have shelves full of chemicals that kill dandelions, which many consider to be unsightly blemishes on green lawns. If they're not sprayed, many people eat dandelions in salads because they're healthy. They contain antioxidants, can reduce inflammation, and manage blood pressure. The plants are not native to North America, and it's likely that they were brought over by European settlers because of their nutritional and medicinal content. And they spread quickly because of how they disperse their seeds, which according to new research led by Imperial College London, has a lot to do with humidity. After the yellow flowers bloom, they develop into the familiar puffballs, most of which are the hairy bristles that link to the seeds. The bristles act like a parachute, and as the seeds break free of the plant, they catch the wind. The parachutes can open and close. When it's drier, they stay open, taking the seed on a ride possibly for miles. 
but in wetter conditions they shut and the seed drops. Dandelion seeds are some of the best flyers in the natural world and can travel as far as 60 miles. The scientists found that the center of the parachute senses the environment by absorbing water molecules from the air and responding. But if you're wondering whether the research has any practical application, they say that the dandelion's response to humidity could help engineers create robots to move multiple fingers and arms with simple yet functional designs. And finally, food waste is a huge problem worldwide. Not only do people go hungry, but discarded items took a lot of land, water, and energy to produce, only to have them rot in landfills and emit greenhouse gases that harm the climate. But researchers in Japan have found a new use for food waste to construct a house out of it. A team from Tokyo University has developed the world's first cement made using fruits and vegetables. They say their product is nearly four times stronger than ordinary concrete and has the potential to create a sustainable substitute for cement production, which accounts for 8% of the world's carbon emissions. The process, they say, is simple. Just dry the food, make it into a powder, then heat press it in a mold. And the kicker? It's edible, although a person would have to break it into pieces and boil it first. Beyond cement, the researchers see the potential to transform food waste into household products. Last year, they launched a company to develop furniture, dishes, and utensils from the material. They're weaving the food's colors, aromas, and textures into the designs, so now you'll be able to have your plate and eat it too. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from GC Green, a veteran, woman, and Native American-owned clean energy and resiliency solutions company. Learn more at gcgreen.com.